This episode of the Profitable Play Podcast is brought to you by my brand new recession prep playlist. It's absolutely free and you can download it right now in the show notes of this episode. So if you've been wondering exactly what steps you can take right now to best prepare your indoor playground or play cafe business for a potential economic downturn, I've compiled all of my best resources and organized them into step-by-step categories so you can easily work your way through all of the steps that the experts recommend right now to prepare your business. So again, head to the show notes and download my recession prep playlist absolutely free right now. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers, we are covering a bit of a heavy topic today, but I know it's one that's likely been on your mind and heart lately, so we're just going to dive right into it. That's right, the episode title probably already gave it away, but today we are covering recession prep. But fear not, because I actually feel very strongly that if you're here right now listening to this podcast episode and In general, you're constantly seeking to learn and improve and invest in your success, whether it's here with me or with another business or life mentor, you're already doing exactly what you need to do. And I feel really good about your chances of emerging from this potential recession with a business that's even stronger and more successful than before. So even though this is a heavy topic, We are going to cover everything that you can be doing right now to give yourself and your business the best chance and most importantly, the absolute best plan possible. So chin up, we've got this. And here's the good news. If you've already gotten your business through the pandemic, which I know many of my listeners and members have, you've already weathered what was essentially a 100% economic recession because it's likely that almost all aspects of your business or at least the most significant ones that require you know, gathering in person were prevented from operating or generating income at all back in 2020. So if you're listening to this and you are one of those amazing businesses who got through the pandemic, I feel even more confident about your chances. But even if your business came to life post-pandemic, I'm going to lay out the exact steps you can take to prepare your business as best as possible for that looming recession. And even though I have a master's degree in economics, I did a lot of additional research for this episode to bring you the best possible information. I listened to the experts, I read tons of articles, I watched tons of videos, and I'm going to link to my most uh, helpful and used resources in the show notes if you'd like to continue doing some digging of your own after this. And by the way, I'm going to cover the highlights here in this episode, because if I were to cover everything in as much detail as I'd like, 
Not only would it be incredibly redundant because I've already covered a lot of these topics on this podcast, but this would end up being like an eight-part series. So what I decided to do instead to keep this episode nice and succinct, succinct while still giving you the level of depth that I think you'll benefit most from, I made you a free download to go along with this episode and it's waiting for you in the show notes right now. I compiled all of my episodes that relate to the recession prep steps that I'm going to be going through in this episode and I made you a bingeable recession prep playlist. And to make this task even easier to tackle, I grouped the episodes into categories. So you can truly work your way through what we talk about in this episode one step at a time until you feel completely confident moving forward, even in the most uncertain of economic conditions. So after we go through these steps, go to the show notes and download that recession prep playlist so you can do a deep dive into each of these steps. Because again, I will just be going through them at a high level here in this episode. All right, let's get into it. So as I mentioned, while it may be difficult to predict the exact impact a recession will have on your business or on your personal finances, there are proactive steps you can take to weather the storm and come out stronger on the other side. And that's the perspective that we're taking here. So here are 10 key tips for preparing your cafe business for an economic recession. Number one, clarify your ideal customer. Now is the perfect time to remember that you don't need to serve or appeal to every single person in your area in order to be successful and make it through the recession. Because while some of your more casual customers may cut visits to your indoor playground out of their budget, there will still be plenty of customers who are a perfect fit for your services and will still be willing to pay full price for them throughout the recession. And I'm not saying your ideal customer needs to be always the wealthiest families in your community. That's actually not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that you need to clearly identify both in your mind and in the mind of your team members exactly who you're seeking to serve with each of your offers. You should have clearly defined wants, needs, interests, objections, all of that for each of your ideal customer avatars. This will help in the sales closing process, especially as you may see a decreased volume of inquiry or booking calls. So, you know, just the way the math works out, if you're getting less inquiries and calls and website visits, you must increase your sales conversion or booking rate in order to maintain your revenue and income. So episode 139 of the Profitable Play podcast is designed to help you clarify these attributes of your ideal customers and formulate your marketing and sales strategies around this knowledge and insight. So again, head to that playlist for more information. All right, tip or step number two, know your numbers. So speaking of not needing to serve every single customer or family in your area in order to be successful, this is also the perfect time to really gain clarity around your business numbers. And this is something most of my members shy away from, but this is not the time to shy away. 
Now is the time to know exactly how many customers you need to serve for each of your core offer offers in your business each month, each week, and each day. A lot of people ask me how many customers they can expect to serve in their indoor playgrounds, particularly during open play, but I actually hate answering this and I prefer to reverse engineer this and doing so will help you budget your payroll hours, set marketing goals and budgets, calculate your open play pass and package prices, and know if you're on track to generate a profit each month and also pay yourself what you desire as an owner. So let's take open play for example. Now, this is going to be a very simplified version of what I teach inside Play Cafe Academy, but let's say you need to make $20,000 per month in order to recoup your startup costs, pay your staff, pay your bills, and pay yourself. And let's also say that you've determined that 20% of your business revenue will come from open play, or maybe that's just what it's been historically. Again, this is something you need to know in your business. That means that you need to generate around $4,000 per month in just open play passes. And for simplicity's sake, let's say this is just open play passes and uh, packages of passes, not memberships. So we're going to exclude membership revenue here. So breaking that down, that means you need to generate around $1,000 per week from open play passes, assuming that you're open for open play, you know, around 24 days per month. And you can repeat this process for all of your core offers and parties, retail, cafe, classes, etc. I've found, and by the way, you can divide that $1,000 per week by the number of days that you're open for open play to find that daily rate, but I found that breaking it down in this way really helps me set daily goals for my staff and have a really strong handle on whether or not we're on track to make all of our bills for that month. Having short daily checkpoints for each of our core revenue offers helps us make adjustments and pivot quickly if something isn't working or needs to be adjusted instead of just all of a sudden realizing at the end of the month that there just isn't enough money to write those checks or having to go back and comb through where it went wrong. Now, this might be totally off base for you. So if you have a larger space with higher costs, you might need to make much more than $20,000 per month to remain profitable and pay yourself as an owner. But a common mistake that many indoor playgrounds make is they get that percentage wrong that they'll rely on open play for. So that 20% number that I mentioned might be more like 80%, meaning they're relying on open play for 80% of their business revenue, which can be really dangerous as we head into this economic downturn. Because in a recession, as I said, the first streams of revenue to suffer or the first stream of revenue will be open play. Casual customers who haven't adopted your business into their routine and aren't super invested in your success will be able to easily eliminate visits to your space when cutting back in their personal finances. So as you go through this process and also listen to the episodes in your recession prep playlist in the know your numbers category, keep this in mind. Your first preparation step should be to do a full audit 
of all the numbers inside your business. So your prices, your daily and weekly monthly goals, your budgets, your compensation requirements, all of that. And hire help if you need it because knowing your numbers, if you know your numbers really intimately, you'll be better equipped to make more data-driven decisions in some of the following categories. Like for example, when we talk about cutting costs. All right, number three, cutting costs and negotiating whenever possible. So take a close look at your current operations and identify areas where you can cut costs without sacrificing quality. So this could mean scaling back your menu offerings, finding more cost-effective suppliers, or cutting back on hours of operation if you have a clear pattern of when people are most likely to visit. Whenever money got a bit tight or our costs increased, but we didn't want to raise prices at our indoor playground, we would simply scale back on our offerings a bit. So for example, if a party package previously included two sheet pizzas, we'd keep the price the same, but scale it back to one and charge for adding additional food. So essentially we'd still allow people to add an additional sheet pizza, but it would now be an add-on. Or if a party package previously included favors, we might consider removing that as an included item and again, instead add it to our a la carte menu. We'd of course honor the packages as they were when people booked them, but scaling back the offer for future party bookings really helped us to continue serving clients while remaining profitable without increasing prices to a point where we knew people just wouldn't be able or willing to pay them, especially during a recession. And don't forget this whole scaling back process can be temporary. You can also consider offering a new package at a lower price point than what you've previously offered in the past, but with a completely bare bones offer. So for example, you can offer just a plain old space rental with no decor, food, or activity options. Of course, I'd still recommend having party assistance and offering some basic things that you know are essential to a successful party in your space like offering cleanup, but you may want to consider introducing a new limited time package to meet your customers' changing needs and budgets during this time. Again, this could be a completely time-sensitive or limited-time opportunity. You may also want to consider doing some cost-benefit analysis about buying in bulk to save on per-unit costs, reducing the frequency of deliveries you get from certain vendors if they include a delivery fee, and perhaps keeping some more of your operations in-house to keep more of your profits. So for example, if until now you've hired balloon artists or party planners to help your clients bring their decor or party visions to life, this is the perfect time to invest in some education for yourself or your team members to begin offering more of these services in-house when the recession comes. There are of course tons of free tutorials on YouTube, but even investing in an expert or a course will likely pay for itself in just a few installs and then can become a real sustainable revenue stream for you even after the recession. As I've talked about on this podcast before, many of my members right now are purchasing character costumes to 
include as an optional add-on for their parties and events instead of using outside vendors, which can be really expensive. We, of course, always want to collaborate with other local businesses when possible, but there comes a time when we also need to ensure that we're serving our own clients at the highest possible level. Not only will doing this increase our profits, but it will also be much more convenient for our clients to work with only one company or point of contact for all their party needs, and they'll be able to rely on one company for a consistent quality of care. And this exercise is something that will continue to serve you long after the recession as well, as I mentioned. And one last thing before we move on, this may also be the perfect time to look into hiring remote employees or virtual assistant contractors. Not only will you get access to a larger and more diverse talent pool by hiring remote, you can often save money and payroll costs by utilizing the strategy as well, which again, I have several episodes about in your recession prep playlist. All right, number four, streamline and systematize your operations. So one of the best ways to reduce costs, especially when it comes to payroll and owner hours, is to streamline and systematize. And I have so many episodes on this, which again, I have included on the recession prep playlist download that is free in the show notes. But now is the time to create your standard operating procedures and identify any potential bottlenecks in your business systems that are either costing your team valuable time and energy or are costing you sales and customers. And that's essentially what a bottleneck is. So if you know your online booking system is super confusing and your customers are always having issues and needing to call or email for assistance, now is the time to invest in a more efficient and high converting system. And again, this goes back to knowing your numbers and knowing your conversion rate and being able to work to improve that. If there are a few tasks in your business, like cleaning, for example, that never get done correctly or that you know your staff is cutting corners on, now is the time to document step-by-step in both written and video form exactly how these procedures should be done so that you can maintain a consistent quality of service. Not only will this create a more cost-effective training system for new hires and therefore reduce your payroll costs every single month, it will also help identify any of those potential bottlenecks I mentioned, and it will give you the time to fix these systems as soon as possible before the recession hits and you may need to reduce your staff hours. So again, now is the time to figure this out. And if you need a little inspiration, one of my favorite movies that really gets into this is The Founder, which kind of goes through the whole McDonald's story. And he actually, this is something I've talked about before, but when he's figuring out the best potential design for his McDonald's kitchens, he actually, this founder, puts tape on the floor and makes people kind of mime the whole burger and meal making process. And he literally stands there and observes how people move in the space and if they bump into each other and if there's any part of the process that causes a breakdown and causes a delay in getting that meal out to the customer. And again, this is just one of my favorite entrepreneurial movies in general for so many reasons, but this particular scene 
where he creates the best, most optimized possible um, burger making process and kitchen setup gives me so much inspiration for actually implementing this in my own business. So go watch that if you're in need of a little inspiration. But again, if your staff spends a ton of time, for example, on the phone fielding calls, now may also be a time to invest in a call forwarding system like I talk about in episode 105 of the Profitable Play podcast. This was one of the smartest investments I ever made in my business because honestly, nine out of 10 people that called our business just wanted to know if we were open and they wanted to know our hours. So having an easy to access recording of our hours and any interruptions in our normal business hours or any announcements or any special events really helped serve our customers at a high level while reducing that burden on our staff. And it really helped us, again, optimize those payroll hours, which is one of the things you're going to be seeking to do during a recession. If your manager spends hours each week writing a staff schedule, you may want to look at some automation tools to help with that process. Maybe it's time to set up automated ordering so you don't need to do it from scratch every single month or week. And when it comes to marketing, I'm going to be honest with you, you may need to do a lot more to maintain the same revenue during a recession. So for example, if you previously sent out one email a week to get three or four bookings, you may need to send out two or three now. If you got by with three Instagram or Facebook posts per week, you may now need five to get the same sales results. So the more systems and processes you can create around your marketing, the less painful this doing more will be if it comes to that. As I mentioned in the last step, if you create marketing standard operating procedures, this is something that can be easily delegated to a remote employee or a virtual assistant to save you time and money. If you could only choose one of these 10 steps from this episode to focus on before the recession comes, I would choose this step. Because streamlining your operations won't only help out your costs now, it will pay off big time for months and years to come. If you ever decide to franchise or license or expand or even sell your business someday, you'll need to go through this streamlining and systemizing and documentation process anyways. So why not just tackle it right now? All right, number five, diversify your revenue streams. So I mentioned this a bit when I talked about keeping more of the services your current customers need in-house, but I felt like it was worth expanding on here. I already mentioned adding balloons and characters to your add-on menu of services that you can train your team to offer, but I want you to really think outside the box here. So for example, during the pandemic, many of my members began offering things like balloon bouquet or balloon art delivery or a pickup, and it wasn't just for kids' parties. So Tal from Art Factory and Play Cafe in Virginia, for example, has a thriving balloon revenue stream where she has the opportunity to serve her her other customers that her in-house parties would just not be able to. So for example, she gets balloon orders for Easter and other holidays, graduations, retirements, adult birthdays, baby showers, and even weddings, corporate events, school functions, and business openings. I want you to really think critically when you go through my episodes on this and think of how you could use your resources and skills 
you may very likely already have. So in this case, maybe it's an air compressor or a helium tank and some balloon skills. And I want you to ask yourself, how else could I use these resources, skills, and tools to serve people in my community? Is there another segment of customers who could benefit from my services that I haven't been able to tap into yet? Or maybe it's coffee or a cafe pickup or curbside pickup or delivery or soft play rentals or party planning services, or maybe it's offering different types of events in your place like baby showers and sprinkles instead of just kids' birthday parties. I guarantee you that there is some tool or skill or service you currently offer that has untapped potential for your business revenue. So spend some time brainstorming this now because it will be much easier to think with a clear and creative mind before you go into panic mode or go into the mindset that you have bills you need to pay like yesterday. Trust me. So again, ask yourself, how could I use my current resources and skills to serve people in other ways in my community or serve my current customers at a higher level? All right, number six, focus on recurring revenue. Now, this will probably come as no surprise to you if you listen to my podcast, but right now it's more important than ever to focus on recurring revenue, specifically memberships. Now's the time to craft your perfect membership offer and grow it to capacity, which I talk all about in episode 169 of this podcast. Your members will begin to ingrain your business into their normal routine and will be much more likely to continue supporting you even if they need to cut back personally a bit. The more you can form relationships with your members, deliver excellent service, and surprise and delight them whenever possible, the more they will feel they are a true part of your business. And while you may want to gain as many loyal members as possible and focus on retaining them prior to the recession, now might be a great time to think about repackaging and refining your offer as I alluded to. Just as you might need to scale back some of your party packages or what you offer during open play, your membership may need similar treatment. So for example, if you previously included events or classes in your memberships, you may want to repackage or even rebrand a bit or maybe even offer a value membership tier where customers can still get the benefit of unlimited open play without paying for things they may not even use or value anyways. This will allow you to gain more members and reserve more of your class and event seats for full price paying customers. I know I talk a lot on this podcast about how our membership and event and class customers were two completely different customers. So the people that typically purchased our memberships were stay-at-home parents that didn't want to visit on the weekends. They were doing other things with their kiddos. And on the other hand, our event and class participants were generally working parents who didn't have the opportunity to come during open play. So they never ended up signing up as members because they couldn't utilize it enough. So again, this kind of all ties in together with knowing your numbers, knowing your ideal customer avatars, and being able to offer something for each of them. You may also replace including events with instead offering advanced or priority registration as I talked about in episode 171. 
it's still going to be something valuable to your customers, yet again, still allowing you to scale back your offer and maybe your price a bit temporarily. All right, number seven, generate revenue now. So now is also the time to start generating some working capital and cash reserves just in case you do see a greater than expected decline in traffic or bookings during the recession. Because none of us can truly predict how bad the economy will dip or how adversely our customers or businesses will be affected. On that recession prep playlist, I included several different ways to generate significant income quickly so you can start building those reserves ahead of time, both for your personal finances and your business. One thing I do not want you to do is start stocking up on supplies with this extra revenue you generate. If a recession does occur, prices for many of your vendors may drop 30 to 50% and they'll be much more keen to negotiate, especially if you're going to place a large order, right? All businesses are going to be feeling the effects from this recession. So in reality, $1 you generate and save now could actually be worth $2 in the future, taking this new purchasing power into account and knowing that people, you know, looking at what people have done historically during recessions, knowing that your vendor prices could decrease as much as 50%. So resist the urge to buy, buy, buy and hoard right now. Focus instead on generating working capital and set it aside in a way that feels secure and comfortable to you, whether that's in bonds or in a bank or in cash. All right, number eight, prepare to adapt to changing customer habits. So during a recession, as we talked about, customers may cut back on spending. So it's important to stay in tune with their needs and preferences. I talked about this already, but consider offering value-oriented menu items or discounts to attract these newly price-conscious customers. Now, while offering value-based party packages or memberships might be beneficial to sustain revenue during a recession, I want you to be careful with this. And that's why I broke this out into a separate tip. So through proper messaging, I want you to ensure that you are still attracting customers who value and respect your skills and your space. Because if you discount too much, you will likely or definitely attract some of the wrong types of customers and clients who will likely be more trouble to work with than they're worth. And again, I'm not saying you should seek to only attract wealthy families. That is not it at all. But if you start attracting people just out for a discount and who don't value what you provide, it won't end up benefiting anybody. So what I'd recommend is starting small and carefully with this one. Maybe offer those value-based tiers only privately when asked, kind of putting that in your employee's toolbox if they start getting objections around price from your current, you know, most regular customers or offer them first to your email list exclusively. People who have already raised their hand and said they're interested in your business. The point here is to just be prepared that people may be cutting back and changing how they spend their money. So pay attention and be ready to be agile and flexible when it's mutually beneficial. So for example, maybe you notice people aren't as interested in entertainment type events like character visits now that their budget has gotten tighter. 
but maybe they're still very willing to spend on educational type classes since they value them more. Be sure to keep your finger on the pulse of what your customers are thinking and doing, whether that's through surveys, engaging on social media, through focus groups, or a a closed Facebook group, or speaking to your regulars in person. All right, number nine, increase your potential customer base. So if you've been reluctant up until now to really roll up your sleeves and work on becoming more inclusive in your space, now's the time. I have many episodes linked in your recession prep playlist about better accommodating different groups of customers, such as autistic kids and adults, as well as families facing food allergy challenges. And while yes, we should always strive to be more inclusive from a humanitarian perspective, it also makes a big difference when it comes to your bottom line, when you realize that one in five families deal with food allergies and millions of people in the U.S. alone are on the autism spectrum. And that's not to mention the many other disabilities and special needs that people all over the world are faced with. So now is the time to educate both yourself and your team and make any policy or space adjustments necessary to increase the groups of customers you can effectively serve because many of these families will pay a premium for spaces that take their specific needs into account, recession or no recession. And then finally, number 10, differentiate your business. So I was listening to a podcast with Alex Hormozzi as part of my research for this episode, and he has been operating businesses much longer than I have, including through the 2008 recession when I was in graduate school and the pandemic. And something he said really stuck with me. He said that many business owners will assume that revenue across the board for businesses in an industry will decrease by, let's say, like 30%. But historically, that's not quite true. While yes, revenue might go down a bit for everyone, it's actually more accurate to say that the bottom 30% of businesses will actually go down by 100%, meaning they will fail and go out of business, and their assets and customers and revenue will actually be redistributed across the top 70%, kind of replacing what they were losing out on. So if you have 10 indoor playground or party options in your area, you don't necessarily need to focus on being the best in order to survive. You just need to be in the top seven historically in order to make it through the recession. And by that, I mean, you need to be in the top seven in terms of recurring revenue, reviews, and positive word of mouth, in customer service, in quality, in terms of your actual play and party space and keeping it cleaned and maintained, all of that. So again, you just need to be in the top 70% in all of those categories. And one of the keys here isn't to compete directly necessarily with other play or party options in your area. It's actually going to be differentiating your business from them. Make sure your website and social media really highlights your unique offerings and your space's strengths. Ensure you have plenty of high-quality professional photos showcasing your space and party offerings. You can barter with a photographer that's maybe a mom who frequently visits your space and offer her an unlimited membership in exchange for professional photography. There's no saying that you need to pay thousands of dollars out of pocket 
for a photographer. You have something that's valuable to service providers in your area. While I'd never encourage you to ask people to work for free, again, there are ways to barter and reduce your costs, so there's really no excuse to not have professional photos. And if you know you could be doing better in this area, again, now is the time to fix it. Not when you see party bookings start to drop because those people will already start going to your competitors. They're already gone. It's much more effective to get ahead of this so you aren't losing out on any high ticket bookings just because your website isn't up to par or professional or user-friendly enough. And again, I have a bunch of episodes in my recession prep playlist to help with this. And we actually offer web design services specifically for play cafes and indoor playgrounds. All that information is linked in the show notes as well. So if you need help with really making sure your website is high converting and you're not saying goodbye to any of those high ticket bookings or sales, reach out because we are here to help. So again, to wrap this episode up, the key here is to stay optimistic even in the face of economic uncertainty. While it can be easy to become discouraged during difficult economic times, it's important to maintain a positive outlook and focus on the future. Plan for future growth and opportunities and don't be afraid to seek out help and advice from trusted advisors, mentors, and experts to get there. And keep your team and customers in the loop as well. That's one of the best parts about having a small local business. You're not in this alone, I promise you. By taking these proactive steps, you can increase the resilience of your Play Cafe business and position it for success even in the face of an economic recession. Remember, being prepared and staying adaptable are key to navigating these tough times. So head to the show notes right now and download your recession prep playlist and get ahead of it. Because again, it's much better to execute these strategies and stay creative and clear-headed if you go step-by-step and don't wait until your back is against the wall and you're seeing numbers dropping. And if you need help executing any of these strategies we're talking about in this episode, we're talking play cafes all the time in Playmaker Society, and we would love to welcome you into our community and help get you through these tough times as we got through the pandemic together. It's more important than ever to have a support system and community behind you ready to jump in and offer help and advice. It's something I would have killed for when I first launched my indoor playground business and That's the whole reason I created it, to bounce ideas off of each other and be able to troubleshoot and get that guidance in terms of what's working and what's not working, especially during times that are unprecedented. So all of that information, if you want to join, is in the show notes as well. All right. I will see you right back here Wednesday, Playmakers. I hope you have an amazing week.